This is Brian Croft, and welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. I am joined in studio once again by my good friend, President of Practical Shepherding, Pastor Jim Sebastio. Jim, thanks for coming back and chatting with me. Happy to do it, Brian. So we have a great topic to talk about because we're in May. It feels like summer, at least where we are in Louisville, Kentucky. Just started to today, it, really. It, it did, and, and, it's, and the problem is it's going to stay that way, and I don't like hot weather. That's another topic for another day. But we're moving into summer, which is where kids are out of school, and we have pastors who a lot of times will take vacation time or see this as a time to kind of reset in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about that today. We want to talk about how does a pastor rest, and we want to think of it, kind of hit three sub-points with this in our conversation. We want to first talk about um, vacation. That's the obvious one that hopefully every pastor to some degree realizes he needs to take a vacation. Then we want to move to the, the touchy topic of a day off, which some do and some don't and have different reasons for it. And then we're going to get to the most t- touchy topic, maybe between us, actually, and that's sabbaticals. And what in the world is a sabbatical? And... What do you do with it, and why is it necessary? So we'll see if we can cover this in short snippets, all right? So let's... Sure. We might even want to deal, Brian, just briefly with the whole subject of daily rest. And a lot of pastors don't sleep well. Yeah. And and a a general neglect of the body that may be inherent really in all of these things, a wrong view of our humanity... And well, we'll get into that. But yeah, and I think we even that may be even a whole another podcast we can tackle right. with that. But let's start with vacation. Okay, how much vacation time does the church give you officially? What do you know? What Brian? I don't have it written down officially. You're kidding? I don't. No, but I. So you take advantage of your church every trip you take. <laughs> I think given the nature of the way that I've worked over here over the years, um, I don't have an official three weeks. I've been here 27 years. Yeah. So I, I have maybe a little bit of seniority built in. I spent the first several years here not taking any real vacation. And when I say real vacation, what I, what I mean is that my vacations were times away preaching and I could bring my family. And sometimes that worked out rather nicely because uh, there was a church in a little place called Yazoo City, Mississippi. The metropolis of. Home of the great Southern Baptist comedian Jerry Clower for wow. some I of did, your older listeners. I didn't know anything you just said there, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. And uh, my wife had family that lived in Yazoo City and attended a, uh, a church there that um, would invite me to, to come preach. And so I would... I would take a few days off with the family, but I would also be there to preach and sometimes do a conference, um, a men's conference, ladies' conference, a Bible conference. So I had preaching woven into that. We're traveling up to New York to my family, and there would almost always be preaching involved. Now, there is a great difference between preaching when you're away, because sometimes you're riding a horse you've ridden before, and Mm -hmm. and so the, the burdens of preparation and other things... But just a clean getaway, I didn't do until probably four years in, and uh, my wife confronted me on that. I was going to say, so would you say that that was wrong for you in those first four years, that that was your vacation, or do you are you at peace with how you handled that? I'm somewhat at peace with it for myself. The, the, my, my, 
in that I didn't feel like I was burning myself out. I didn't feel burnt out now. Well, uh, it, but my major concern really, and, and even in vacationing, was was preeminently for my family. I came to realize that my certainly my wife and, and then later my kids wanted me, wanted my more undivided attention. And so I think I, I was cheating them out of that. Okay. And and what my wife confronted me with was it was saying something like, you know, you're not ever, you know, just you just don't take time away to take time away. And again, we could probably try to tease out what the psychology of that is. Um, but you know, we were a, a a smaller church. I was the only fully the full time elder. The other elder we had at that time worked anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week and you know you just it you felt it when you were gone i mean people felt it when you were gone and uh and and so you just had to eventually gets down to you know you just had to trust the lord with your with the folks and let them be not be too dependent upon you which i think became a good thing to recognize that well see uh, my, if, if my wife was sitting here and heard you say that she'd say no that's not a vacation to take your family to go preach somewhere because she would, and she pushed me on this, that because I still have my mind's occupied at sure. times. It may be some, it's maybe a horse I've ridden, but I still got to get up on the horse right. a little bit before you I warm do your it. heart and pray it in again. Yeah. And... So I, I think that the reason I bring this up is because your your first few years, that's how you, but then you made adjustments from four years on. I did, and actually, I'm I'm actually realizing now, as trying to think it through in my head, it was actually probably ten years. 10 years. Yes. All right. And now, again, interwoven in that, I mean, some of these preaching things I did were things, I mean, I had involved in this two weeks in, in England, and I brought my wife, and at that time, my only child, my, my daughter, Erin. And so there, there were a lot of great preaching trips away that a lot of people <laughs> would love to have that I'm I sure. had. And there were days in there where you could go, you know, you'd have a day in London or yeah. a day in Wales or going around looking for the Loch Ness Monster up in Inverness or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Well, I, so my early years, I didn't take a whole lot of vacation, but that was a little, it was a little different scenario than yours. I, um, well, early years in ministry, I was doing associate work. I took, vaca I, I took vacations. I didn't get a whole lot, but I took what, tried to take what they gave me. I didn't take a whole lot in my, in my senior, first years as a senior pastor because the, my first few vacations, uh, Certain people tried to get me fired while I was on vacation, so I kind of stopped taking vacation for <laughs> a little while. That does make it difficult. What's hilarious is that now, like almost 14 years in, one of the reasons I'm trying to take a big chunk of time off later is because I got all this vacation time that's built up, that built up in those early years when I didn't take okay because I was officially given vacation time, right? And I just and I just didn't take it. So all right, so we would be in agreement. By the way, just for the record, I think Jim should have taken more vacation time in those beginning years, not just the preaching trips, but Vacation actually as completely dis uh, parted from their ministry right. with their family. Of course, Jim does that now. You just yes. can do it in those early years. Correct. Okay. So, you know, you want to think about how much vacation time the church has given you. And let's, so let's say the church gives you vacation time officially. Right. Or like I'm given official vacation time. How much of that do you think I should take? And... And yeah, should I take it all? Take a little bit? What do you think? Well, I, I think if you can take it all, I think that's what we that's what we would encourage any other man in the church to do. 
and with the recognition that it's not always just for you, uh, but it it is you, you may not realize how much you need. And I think men may be different from this than than some others. I think for a lot of men, after two or three days off and away, uh, they begin to feel a bit antsy to get some work in and to try to do something. Um, That's just the way some of us are built. I I have a friend that when he took vacation, he would take three weeks off all together. And he said it took him one week to unwind, one week that he enjoyed, and then one week where he was almost kind of emotionally gearing himself back up for the grind. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the arguments for sabbatical that some would argue is that it's helpful to take time um, all together because it takes time to unwind. It takes time to uh, um, to be able to then get back into the to the groove of things. So, so should they? So should a pastor take all of his vacation time? Is that his right to do? Even if the church would give him grief about it. Well, I think again, you may need to get into some matter of of teaching and preaching on the whole thing of the humanity. All of our humanity, and again, this is this is not an issue of 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 being um, uh, in Adam or being even in Christ necessarily. It's it's a matter of of just being human. Yeah. Uh, as one man used to say, it's not old man, new man; it's human. Mm-hmm. And with the recognition that we have limited capacity, and that just as we need daily rest and I think weekly rest of of at least one day. And seven, I think, is the create creation pattern of what our humanity generally breaks down when we ignore yeah. that. Um, yeah. You know, vacations aren't. I think through this recently, and in, in, you know, is is there a Bible doctrine of vacation? There's there's a Bible doctrine of sleep, and, and rest. I do think, and, and, and I do believe there is a Bible doctrine of weekly rest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, you theologically interpret that, I think that. God created the world and rested and that he set that as a pattern for humanity. Whatever day you have that, however you theologically, uh, whatever theological compartment you put that in, uh, you still recognize, we would tell guys, hey, one day a week, um, you need to rest because uh, if you don't, you're going to begin to break, you're going to begin to break down. And then then we also recognize, and I think this has just been a human thing throughout history, we've come to recognize that in addition to that, um, an occasional break uh, in the pattern, whatever that break may be, uh, vacation, staycation, mm-hmm. we could even talk about that. Whether you ha- spend that Lord's Day that you're off in your church or go somewhere else, whatever's yeah. best for that. That's, those are some interesting things to think through. Well, let's move to that. Let's move to the, the day off. I know a lot can be said about vacation. And... I first want to say before we move to, to the day off is is that vacation is, I think, for your family. It's for you. It's also for your church because I think even to the point you gave in those early years is like, who's going to cover for you? Is it putting the church out? And and I believe that even a pastor who doesn't feel like there's addict, there's the right guy to step in and take his place for the week he's gone. Right. It pushes a church to have to step up. Right. And those people are raised up in the midst of that. And so I, I want to encourage any pastors listening to this. What Jim articulated is obviously the temptation of all of us, not knowing if a church is ready to to be able to, to, to handle a week or two weeks when we're gone, when they become dependent on us as the pastor. But 
push your congregation. I mean, leave, go on vacation for the sake of pushing your congregation to figure out who's going to step up. And, and as somebody who loves historic churches, churches have been around for 100 years, uh, I think we have to be careful as pastors to think somehow now this church has existed for 100 years and it's going to fall apart if in two weeks we leave. Right. So be mindful of vacation is for you and for your family and for your church um, to see how they step up and handle it when you come back. Um, I want to move to the day off, though, because I was at, I was in New York doing the practice training workshop a couple weeks ago. Had an older pastor, pastor the same church for 30 years. Uh, sounds like a really good, faithful man in the ministry. is plugged away in the same church. And, you know, it's hard to know the fruit of these workshops, but this was one of the gauges. He comes up to me during a break, and he says, after, after one of the sessions and talking about a pastor needing to rest, and he says, you know, I pastored my church for 30 years but I think you've convinced me I should take a day off. And that is, I think, more common than we realize, especially in the older generation of pastors that are just workhorses and really don't know how to rest well. Yeah, I, that I don't understand. I can't understand how a man could, could go that length of time. Now, yep. it may be that because of the flex, sometimes the inherent potential for flexibility in our schedules and that some days are going to be heavier than others, and, and yep. sometimes we're able to do things that some other workers aren't aren't able to A do. Flexibility. That's For there. instance, yeah. uh, I might if if I know I have meetings at night, I might come home early. Yep. And so that I I tried to do that my whole pastoral life. Yep. If I'm going to be out at night, come home early, particularly when the kids were younger, mm-hmm. and have some time where I could horse around with the kids or take babies out of the arms of, of my ma, of my wife and allow her mama some time to rest or you know whatever else go for a walk run out and do something without the kids because I knew I was going to be gone for two three hours that yep. night other men can't do that I mean right. they don't have that they don't have that luxury or the possibility that if you went till midnight in a meeting that you might normally be at the office at eight and the next day you're going to come in at nine and the, you know yep. we don't most of us don't punch a clock. It, it may be that you record your hours. Yeah. I don't know what you do with that. Um, well, well, I tell you what I have to do because I'm a trained workaholic, and that is that I try to keep myself capped at working a certain amount of hours. Okay. So I don't, I don't punch a clock. I don't keep a record of how much. I, I mean, when I plan my week out, I mean, I, so I try to work no more than 50 to 55 hours a week, and that's with the day off during the week. Right. Do you take day off of the week, and which day is it? I generally try to take Monday off. Now, that doesn't always work. I mean, there, there are things that you just can't, you, you can't help, that you can't, you can't schedule sickness and accidents right. And, right. And, and certain emergencies. So uh, we, had, we had numerous folk that were in critical medical conditions here a couple of years ago. And and so that meant often on a on a Monday I I spent at least part of my Monday visiting you know at one point three three hospitals yeah three different hospitals visiting three different folk you know yeah. you might you might do that and that's a different kind of pastoral labor um, but it does mean you know you're going to be out of the out of the house and right. away and so again because of the inherent flexibility that might mean on a Saturday. Um, I'll rather than being done at 
you know, three in the afternoon, you might, you know, you might get done at noon or something like that. Right. And you, so you just try to compensate for that. Um, no, but I, you, you have to know yourself, I think, in that and, and, and recognize and realize, are you burning yourself out? Yep. Are you pushing yourself into into fatigue and then realizing if you do that, you're not going to be good to anybody. You're not going to be able to help. Well, and knowing yourself is also important in knowing what, what, well, I think every pastor take a day off. I'll put my cards on the table because we work on Sunday and we, right. it is not a full day of rest for us. Right. So, um, but just for those who want a, a theological reason on why we should take a day off is that Sunday is a, is a work day for us. So that's mm-hmm. just how it works. But knowing yourself is is really helpful to determine what day you should take off. So you take Monday. Start taking I take Monday. What about you? I take Friday. Okay. And Friday works for me because Monday I feel terrible, like most pastors do on Monday. Right. And I determined early on that this is just my choice. This Monday's a day a lot of times guys need to take because they feel terrible. I, I try to work on Monday. I have a slow morning and get going in, in late morning on Monday. But I try to just press through the fatigue on Monday. And Friday is a day that my sermon's done by Thursday night usually. And that gives me a way on Friday to just step away from my sermon and everything else for a day. And I found that's, that's helped me a lot. So on Monday, you, you, you said something very interesting. Uh, the reason I take Monday off is because of that fog. Right. And I realize I'm not necessarily going to be effective. But there are certain things maybe that could be done effectively on a foggy day. Yes. So say certain administration things, writing letters, catching up on phone calls, um, non-emergency type uh, meetings with somebody. Say a brother that you're just committed to getting with every you know, couple of weeks just as a general encouragement maybe a widower in the church or something like that. Yeah, and I would. Really, and it doesn't take the same kind of mental effort. So you're not, or, or maybe you do. Are you saying on Monday you do sermon prep? You do no, Greek no. and Hebrew work on Monday or anything like no, that? No, that's a good point. I, I, to, to add to that, I I would say no hard meetings on Monday. So okay. meetings that, that require um, like hard counseling meetings, I do not do on Mondays. I don't do sermon prep on Mondays or very little if I just start thinking, reading through my passage, just because I just know I'm not at a good place to be able to, to do that. I joke about it, but I think it's very legitimate. You don't you don't ever make a decision to resign on Monday. Right. You don't ever do that. You you it, because Monday there's just everybody every pastor who's who preaches every week and has a full day on Sunday just knows it doesn't matter how much sleep I get, it doesn't matter you know what I'm doing the next day. I mean the the morning on Monday is usually just a fog and and exercising, um, just getting some time to myself with the Lord is really helpful in trying to press through that fog. So let me ask you this, Brian, in, in light of some of what you're bringing out. We live in a society, and I don't know when this began, but we most of the men in our church who work have two days off right. a week. That's true. Uh, a Saturday, uh, typically speaking, a Saturday and a Sunday. So we never get, I mean, we rarely get a Sunday off. I, I rarely have a Sunday I don't preach. I maybe have one or two a year that I don't preach mm-hmm. uh, um, because if I'm not here, I'm, I'm preaching somewhere else. So it's rare that I'm here yep. and hearing somebody else preach. So it's, you know, that's a whole other issue yep. uh, that we could deal with at another time. Right. Um, you know, how, do you, how do you get fed? How do you get pastored? You know, all of that sort of a thing I think is an important, particularly when you do most of the preaching. But so other men get two days off a week. What would you say? Would you would you, would you say it's wrong for any pastor to think in terms of I should have a five day work week? Or maybe many of those listening do in fact have a five day work week. Should they have 
Or should we encourage them to think toward no, one day a week is sufficient? Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and I think the answer lies in just realizing what knowing yourself, knowing what you truly need to rest. The other part of it is this is a unique calling, and so I think well, I think it's unrealistic to ask. Um, you know, if if a pastor's full time in his church, his church is compensating him in that way that obviously he needs to work hard. He needs to labor right. hard to care for God's people and do the work of the ministry. But that's why I think a, a day, one day off a week is is mandatory for a pastor. And then I think where the other times, most pastors don't do this while I find, but I think the other day off or that, that other day that everybody else gets, um, it should be seen in the flexibility that we have. So okay. for my life, right. like I, Monday morning, yeah, Monday morning, like I, I, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get here, but Monday morning, I'm usually not going until around an early lunch. Okay. Like I, I will get up, I'll, I'll try to sleep in. My wife kindly takes care of the kids to school so I can sleep until I wake up Monday morning. I get up and go to the gym or I go run a, a trail outside and just have a slow morning um, time with the Lord and trying to just put the day to Sunday before behind me so I can press forward. That has made a huge difference. Like that three or four hours I give myself on Monday. And a lot of times I'll work into the evening on Monday because I'm taking that morning, but right. just knowing I need that. So every pastor is different, but we have to have a self-awareness to know what we really need to take care of ourselves long-term. Yeah. As well as obviously ensuring that we do our labor. Um, there are some pastors we are talking to pastors. We are talking to pastors who are diligent. We're talking to pastors that have a real concern to do their work heartily as unto the Lord. We're talking to pastors who labor to show themselves approved, you know, who, who work hard. Obviously there are some pastors who spend a lot of time out on the golf course. They, they putter around, they, they preach 20 minute little ditties uh, that they've, copied off the internet yeah. uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, recognize possible one of the, those, so there's somebody who's like that and they need to maybe hear a message on on the necessity of, of labor and the laborer being worthy of his hire and the yeah. recognition of what you're being paid to do and, and what you do in the sight of God. So that's, a, that's, a, but the, that's I, so we're, a separate podcast. It is, way, yeah. but we are talking, so you and I have in mind the pastor who he carries his flock with him in his heart and in his mind and his prayers. He's meditating on the word. He's he's a reader. He's a he's a student. He's committed to meeting with people, and the recognition that that you need to be able to recognize. Uh, one man said, "You need to get out of the God business. Mm. You you need to." de-deify yourself one day a week and recognize the church will survive. You're not the head of the church. You don't sustain the life of the universe. Yeah, It can. It, it will get on just fine if your phone's off. I want to add something to that, though, to that list of yeah. this pastor that's diligent in his labor. He works hard. He works diligent to care for God's people. I think what has to be added to that is a man who doesn't know how to rest well. Okay. And I would argue that in the midst of this conversation, one of the things that I... I think that men who work hard and have been taught to work hard and get a lot of love out of the labors that they do for the right. Lord, I think they have a lot of trouble resting. And I think that's part of the reason why men don't take a day off and they just kind of press through. So I want to add that to the equation because most men who are highly functional, highly productive, work hard or diligent in all these ways, 
most of them, in my opinion, don't know how to rest very well. Yeah. And so when you, you know, you brought up earlier the man that, that goes and after a few days gets antsy, has to do something, like that's a problem to me. That's yeah. not a man who just loves his ministry. That's a man who doesn't know how to rest, I think, in a lot of ways. And, and so if, if you're listening to this, I, I find that a lot of men just kind of characterize themselves as hard workers and they're with their family for three days and don't have any ministry. And all of a sudden they get antsy and don't know what to do. Like, you need to learn how to enjoy your family. You need to learn right. how to rest. Three days is nothing away <laughs> from that. So, right. So let's, let's, let's turn to a, a, a kind of last piece to this that should be really fun discussion for us to have. And that's sabbaticals because I'll put the listener, I'll put it on the table for the listeners. I have had a sabbatical. I took a two month sabbatical uh, about three and a half years ago. Um, the last, I, I take months of time off, right? Like I take a whole month off last year just for vacation sake. Um, but Jim has never had a sabbatical to the, to the conflict it creates in our friendship uh, at times and <laughs> talking about because I have been on him for years. This is good. This is sabbatical. For different reasons, Jim has not taken. I've even conspired with his own elders to try to make, wow. make a sabbatical happen. And so we're at odds in this to some degree. <laughs> so... You know, and obviously this is conjures many pastors don't ever get a sabbatical. Sure. So what? How do you feel about a sabbatical, Jim? And tell everybody why you don't take one. Well, Brian, the reason <laughs> I haven't taken one is, and just in feeling like I know myself, I've never, I've never felt that I I needed one. Uh, um, I have been at the point. I, I have felt a couple of times in my ministry, you know, close to the breaking point. And I've certainly have had. I I, I can remember one period of time and I don't remember all that went on but I do remember saying to somebody who asked me you know what is your counsel for someone aspiring to the ministry my response was a curt don't that was my I'd call that a breaking that point, was Jim. probably not the healthiest I've ever been mentally and spiritually I would say so uh so that's not a good thing to say to somebody yeah. um anyway yeah, I, I guess I wrestle with myself in that, and I, I and I don't know all the reasons why, and I, I don't think it's that I feel like I'm indispensable. We could talk. I so I had my heart attack uh, sabbatical, where I oh I yeah was, that counts yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, that count. I had three weeks off. I I, had, I was being snarky and sarcastic on that one. So. I had three weeks off. I wore a bathrobe for several days in a row. <laughs> Well, uh, and someone and, called that a sabbatical if you wore bathroom right. that long. <laughs> so that was like three or four days. I I I just puttered around and then, but I got I I did grow a bit frustrated with that. I felt like I was ready to get back. Okay, I felt that I was ready to get back to work, and um, so that's I think that was me. Uh, I I certainly I'm very happy when I hear a guy goes on sabbatical. I think good for them and I know you do. That's why I'm harassing and, you. And, and yet <laughs> I've never I have not yet felt the need. Um I felt like if I did it would be to do, you know, to write or something like that. Okay. Uh, um which know, is that, how that some could, people use a sabbatical. Right. So I'm going to take a month off and I'm going to I'm going to try to write. And I've never I've never tried to do that. Um we're working on, you know, Brian and I are discussing a book, so I, I, I may, I may have to learn to do that. Uh, that may I mean, be the sabbatical. For that you. may be. Maybe but, I'll take a few. Uh, let me, let me be clear. When I say when we talk in sabbatical, just to define this for those listening, that you know, sabbatical is not just a vacation. That that's it's different than vacation time. I feel sabbatical is 
an opportunity to step away from the regular grind of the ministry to rest in part, but also to maybe be able to do some other things to care for yourself, to to um, help your ministry move forward when you come back. So, for example, to somebody to take a sabbatical of a couple of months or three months is common sabbatical to take that and actually use that as a time to set, you know, a 10 year vision for the church when you come back that you can't get to those kind of things when you're just in the regular grind. Or you so, did a you did a big reading thing, right? Your last time, didn't you? You went through Fuller or something like that? Well, so my sabbatical was two months. And again, nobody had ever, no pastor had ever taken sabbatical at the church in the 90-year history of our church. In part is you have to stay long a, a certain amount of time to take a sabbatical. That's right. another topic. Um, but my my elders and the people who, who knew me well, they knew what they needed, restrictions they put up for me. Uh, knowing I needed to step away and rest for them. So, you know, they knew I'd be tempted like you, Jim, to go preach somewhere. Hey, like nine Sundays where I don't have to preach. I mean, you know how many places I could get around to? I never get to get around to. And and one of the things they did is they 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 grounded me from being able to preach anywhere. I just go and sit with my family and, and hear the word. And that was really important that they did that for me because they knew that was what I needed to rest. And how many of those Sundays were you away from Auburndale? All of them. All of them. So and, I, and when you're on vacation, have you ever had a vacation and spent that Sunday at the church? Or do you go, do you make sure that you're away? Yeah. So now it's for several years, I can't remember when we started this, but um, if I, well, first of all, we hit a point a few years ago that we just didn't have a lot of extra money to take vacations and travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, I had to be confronted with, what am I going to do with the Sundays I'm not preaching and I'm on vacation? And, and we decided we, if we're out of, if we're not out of town, we acted like we were out of town, and so we went, found a church we wanted to go to, and go hear somebody else preach, and I get to sit with my family, and because you know how it is, if you're not preaching and you come to your church as well intended as people are to want to leave you alone and honor that you're on vacation, you're still the pastor when you walk through the door, and I just learned that about myself, that my me, myself and my wife, we did not get a break if we were at our church, um, and so. When I'm on vacation or I'm taking vacation time, we always just as a family where you want to go to church. And the good thing about Louisville is there's tons of great churches right. to go and hear the word preached and hear it faithfully preached. And and it really does feel restful to have a Sunday where I can just go and sit with my family and, and hear the word. And you, how did you go about presenting this to the flock and instructing the Lord's people how to treat you? Did you do that, or did one of your elders do it? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and my other elders had did it because, and, and that's what I want to emphasize is, pastors are listening to this. I, I had lunch with a pastor yesterday who needs a longer break, but it terrified him just the thought of talking to his uh, his church that no pastor's ever taken a sabbatical at the church. He feels bad about taking two weeks of vacation in a row, and so um, what I have found is it's a tricky situation to go advocate for your own sabbatical. Uh, when a lot of people aren't going to understand why this is important. So my other elders uh, spent time writing this up and doing the research on why this is important, and they presented it. So it's helpful to have your other leaders try to advocate for you when it comes to this. And do you post your vacation times or your day off so that people know? Uh, Generally, please don't bother Brian on Friday. If you can at all avoid it, don't call Brian, don't don't resign from the church on Friday. Don't send a nasty email to Brian on Friday. Love him enough that <laughs> wait till. Uh, yeah, well, yes, the church knows my day off. And 
what affirms that is when a few, not many, but when a few people will send me an email or a voicemail that begins with, hey, I know it's your day off, but, and then proceeds to tell me whatever yeah. they need to tell me. So they couldn't wait till Saturday, apparently. But yeah, we let them know when, when I'm on vacation, both because they, so they, and then we give the contact of another person in the church that they can contact so that they have somebody to be able to reach out to if there's, because there's emergencies that, you know, that come up. So have you ever shut off all forms of electronic contacts? So last year, I took July off because it was the best month for me to be able to step away from everything, seminary and practical shepherding and just try to rest from everything. And when I did that, I shut off all social media for a month. I had not done that in, I guess, ever. And that was very interesting. That, what that about important. email? Yeah. You, so you did no email for... Uh, email texting so i understand like so so you said no facebook no twitter shut down social media um i think i set aside like a once a week thing to just to check to see if i needed if there was any kind of emergency that came through to me so okay so you didn't maybe have a a fellow elder just be able to give him your password with him say brian i'm sorry brother you need to be able to yeah, I know that's and that's a good thought. I just that was what I decided to do with email, uh, text, uh, uh, your cell phone, cell phone. Uh, I still receive texts. Okay, um, just curious. I would. The nice thing is, I have to say, the sabbatical was nice because taking the church through a process and helping them understand was really helpful. Because the church, we set it up to where others were involved and in leading in the places where I wasn't there. So they knew I was on sabbatical. So I really got very few emails and texts okay. from so people you did, in the so church. So you gave a good instruction for the folks. And That's what really helped setting all that up. Is I heard very little from people in that way. The other stuff was people who weren't in the church and didn't really know I was I was on sabbatical and this kind of stuff. So occasionally responded to texts, occasionally looked at emails, shut down all social media for the whole month. And it was so profitable. It was a gut check in a way of... How bad, you know, do I have to have my ministry? I'm okay without it. Right. And it was really good. So it's May. So Lord willing, I'm doing the same thing this July. And, uh, and it, but this is not sabbatical. I'm actually using my vacation time to take this whole month off. And so again, there's this distinction between vacation and sabbatical. So, um, so sabbatical is something that you need to be think. I think every pastor needs to take one at some point. A lot of times though, it's, it's at the five, seven, even 10 year mark. Just to kind of step away and evaluate your ministry if you're at the same church for that long. Um, a lot can benefit from that, but it's going to be a process. Know your church and let the leaders of your church advocate for you. And there's there's information on, on a practical shepherding uh, web, website, the blog there. We did some articles through my sabbatical if you okay. want to check some of those things out. So we need to wrap up this time, but I'm going to ask Jim, will you pray for pastors listening to this that whatever it is, whether it's vacation or day off or even a sabbatical, you pray that that they would be self-aware of what they need to rest so that they can have longevity in the ministry. Would you pray for that? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Our Father in heaven, you have made us fearfully and wonderfully, and you have also, in your kindness and wisdom, built into us weakness and the recognition that we, we need to sleep, and every night or whatever it is that we get to rest, Uh, is a reminder to us that the world goes on uh, while we are unconscious. And Father, we do pray for some who may be feeling a particular guilt or who may be feeling uh, and with perhaps dealing with an overly inflated ego in regard to their own worth or finding their 
all their worth in their in their uh, public labor. Father, we pray that you might grant them uh, the ability to step apart and to listen to others, listen to their wives, listen to their children, listen to their fellow elders. Um, Father, again, we pray that we might be able to be more useful instruments in your hand over the long haul uh, by this means. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Trench Talk. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you might have for us. So to get in touch with us, you can email us at brian at practicalshepherding.com or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter. You can find out more about Practical Shepherding at our website. And at the website, you can find our blog and you can also find information about articles and books that we've published. You can also find out information about our regional workshops where we engage pastors face-to-face to equip them for the trench work of ministry. So until next time, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you as you labor in the trenches of pastoral ministry.